Welcome to Unstuck AF, a podcast here to help you do you better. There's a path that starts where you are, passes through who you are, and leads where you want to go. We're here to hear from people who've walked that path or who are walking it right now. This is Orlando Bishop, Coach Orlando, and I thank you for listening as we learn how to get unstuck, how to be unstuck, how to live unstuck. Unstuck as fuck. So we have uh, a very special friend to be having on uh, Unstuck AF because when I was figuring out what Unstuck AF might even possibly be and what it would look like, what the art would be like, Linda McLaughlin was there and coaching me and asking me some really insightful questions. It's my turn to ask the questions this time, um, but she uh, she knows that she's got a special place in my heart. Now she's the, she's the Linda. All other Lindas need some sort of modifier. You might be Linda from here <laughs> or there, but she's she's the Linda. I've already informed her of that from now on. So there you go. So how are you? Say hi to the folks. Uh, I'm great. I'm great. I'm 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 feeling blessed to to be in your presence and to be uh, to be on the hot seat this time. And uh, thank you very much for for asking me to to join you today. So hey, everybody. Absolutely. So. Uh, we always start with a, uh, a straightforward, though not necessarily easy, questions. But I'll ask: When and or how did you know that telling stories, telling our stories, was going to play play a big role in your life? Wow, I, I guess I really got the bug to be an actor which is all about telling stories mm-hmm. in a way when i was quite young um I, I certainly wasn't a child star by any means but i got involved in community theater and went to you know drama camps and those kinds of things mm-hmm. as a relatively young person and so that certainly introduced me to storytelling of of a sort and Mm -hmm. then as i you know got more serious about it and and trained as an actor so i always was interested in stories and certainly interested in great storytellers Mm -hmm. more recently i think i was taken by sharing other people's stories and i suppose in the end in my own Mm. When, you know, during the pandemic, when who didn't start a podcast? In the right, 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 right. So I was very interested in trying to find a way of communicating stories of courage, which I found were really important to me. Mm. And uh, as I kind of went through a, a, a period in my life, a difficult period in my life, and so sharing other people's stories and listening to other people's stories was really important. And um, I think it was just the inspiration that I found from hearing other people tell their stories. Of course. 
And so there's a lot, a lot there. And obviously from the time you were, were there any actors or any particular stories that grabbed you? Like, can you point to a place where oh, that might be where I caught the bug or, you know, in terms of the acting piece? I, I'm in a classically trained actor, so I got to say Shakespeare was and is one of the great storytellers, even though it's impenetrable as mm-hmm. a teenager. Mm-hmm. It's we do such a disservice to Shakespeare by forcing teenagers to try and we're just like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I had a wonderful teacher when I was at theater school. Hmm. Um, Neil Freeman, who brought Shakespeare to life in a way that I had never hmm. experienced before and was interest, introduced to the you know, kind of original texts. And it, so it was the folio, as, as, it call, as it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really taken with, with that, mm-hmm. taking it kind of beyond that as a as a young person i certainly read a lot and uh i I think series of of stories you know little house on the prairie or you know something like that i grew up in Mm -hmm. in canada uh on the prairies so little house on the prairie while it was an american uh tale it was very kind of close to my heart Mm. my family uh come from farming backgrounds so there was a lot to sort of take in there but it really brought me into a world and I think some of the great storytellers really you lose yourself in them whether it's a movie whether it's um, whether it's a great song whether it's mm. any any art form I think when you can suspend your disbelief and get really pulled into it i mean look at what happened with lord of the rings or star mm-hmm. wars that mm-hmm. became this this franchise and it you know it comes down to great storytelling the story the hero's journey so anyway that was a yeah. lot no well i mean hey no it wasn't now and that's exactly what i was curious about i mean I, you know honestly was i asking you but for your call to action moment right so I, I i get that in terms of the uh the storytelling of it so obviously again we met in in pod uh part of akimbo the podcasting workshop and and as you were i'm sure there's a lot in between but what do you think drew you to that piece and what about what you learned in terms of Shakespeare and storytelling and sort of imbo- truly embodying these things. Um, what did that what did that bring to the podcasting world for you? Or what did you see in the podcasting opportunity? Well, there was there were two things going on, I guess. One was I need something to do. Another <laughs> was uh I was already starting or re-embarking on a journey mm. that I had started in my late teens to become a professional actor. And mm. I had, I was still dipping my toe in the idea of going after that again. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. a few years later. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to 
work with a microphone and learn how to do the audio and edit and mm-hmm. those uh, those wonderful skills that are applicable to being an actor. And uh, I people said they liked my voice, and so I you know I thought, well, okay, maybe I can do voiceover work. Mm. And so I I I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with a podcast or what exactly it would be about and and many students begin that way mm-hmm. and so i was one in a long line of students who start out with not really a clue what they wanted to do but i i was interested in I- interviewing people and mm-hmm. trying to figure that out um so and i was less interested in telling my story and doing a host on mic or uh, me mm-hmm. writing a script and and just talking, I was really interested in in talking to people. And I had gone through coach training, and and so I sort of thought, well, maybe there's something there that I, right. you know, will try and find clients or you know da da da. But I was really much more in the end interested in sharing, yeah, sharing those stories of everyday courage. Mm-hmm. And my podcast is called The Arena, Living a Courageous Life. And I invite people who are not necessarily very famous or famous at all. I mean, they're just um, quite um, under the radar, if you will. Right. And, And to bring those stories forward. And really finding a variety of stories, a really diverse group of of folks that I've tried to handpick and um, bring forward and yeah so I'm not sure if that answers the question no, you're fine. <laughs> so when you started doing the interview it's all right no it was great yeah so you started doing interviews did courage uh did courage present itself sort of emerge and then you ran with it or in your figuring out what this was going to be and so on did you find that and then identify people in your sphere who had those kinds of stories to share. Again, going back to the, I didn't really know where I was going with the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then as I began to share a nuggets around my own story of having blown up my life and, and made mm. some radical changes and people in my network or people who would meet me would say, well, that's a, you know, that's an amazing story. You're so courageous. I can't believe mm-hmm. you did that. And and I sort of thought, okay, well, maybe there's something there that seems to be of interest. Mm-hmm. And and certainly I was inspired by other people's courage. And so I thought, well, mm-hmm. okay, let's let's try and figure out something around that. Um and that's kind of where where that that came from people overcoming circumstances in their life or choosing to make some kind of major change in their life in some way. So, yeah. Now, you know, it's the, it's the obvious question from there as an interviewer for you to say, you know, it blew up my life, made these radical changes. I met you past explosion, right? I met you on the other side of all that. So this is the only version of Linda I know. Um, 
yeah what can you share some of the story of the the before and or the explosion piece sure um well part of it was i as i said i started as an actor and Mm -hmm. then left left being an actor and moved over to being an arts administrator sort of on the other side of the desk if you will Mm-hmm. thinking that that would be a reasonable facsimile of, of being in the arts. And, mm-hmm. you know, did that for 15 years, did a whole bunch of different things, really mm. amazing things. And then I thought, okay, I, mean, I think I could make more money doing this. Like, <laughs> are these trans- transferable skills? Because I kept sort of hitting a, a ceiling income-wise. Mm-hmm. And... I was introduced to a gentleman through my neighbor. Literally, my neighbor leaned over the fence and said, what are you doing after the film festival? I was like, I don't know. I'm just trying to get through. <laughs> anyway, he introduced me to this this gentleman, and I worked with him for 11 years and helped oh, wow. grow a business from he and I to about 50 employees when I left. Wow. And so that was all great like on paper it was awesome it was uh i made you know good money and i became a part of the ownership team and uh there was a lot of wonderful things about about the business including my business partners Mm -hmm. but i wasn't okay Mm. i by the time i blew my life up. I was very unhappy. Um, and there was sort of a series of events, three mm-hmm. of three deaths that happened, including mm. my father. Oh, wow. And it didn't all happen at once. It just kind of began to build up over time. And yeah. I was like many people self-medicating with, with alcohol and li- dealing with stress and You know, I celebrated with alcohol. I Mm -hmm. consoled myself with alcohol. I did all that sort of thing. And I learned how to do that in theater school, to be honest. I mean, Mm -hmm. I didn't really drink before then, but it was like, let's go out and celebrate. Let's go out and, you know, Mm -hmm. console ourselves. So, uh, you know, this kind of built up over time and it just all kind of culminated in Mm -hmm. uh, a few events that happened within the business that, that really didn't align with my values and Mm. i was really struggling i had been struggling for a long time i tried to leave the business twice before i finally left okay uh and got convinced but also felt it's like no i need to give this uh another chance and i need to do this and what i'm doing and it's the right thing to do etc etc so in the end i i kind of reached a a breaking point again in terms of my involvement with the business and I got a, a Facebook notification you know uh, or a Facebook ad that popped up which mm-hmm. had, was about a uh, uh, meditation and yoga retreat and I was like oh my god I've always wanted to do that it was the long weekend um, Labor Day long weekend and which is always for me just kind of a trigger of change you know having been been in school for mm-hmm. so many years it's that kind of like renewal new paper yeah new pencil case new new crayons you know that kind of thing yeah and so i went on this retreat and with a question in my heart which was what mm-hmm. am i going to do 
and I sat down on my meditation cushion and with that question and mm -hmm. basically within the first day it was like I have to go you have to go is it yeah and I knew that there were a lot more of those kinds of things including my relationship mm -hmm. that needed to and were going to change mm -hmm. but I was kind of only ready for that. the first thing but it was like an oak moving it was right you know you just felt the psychically the sort of the rocking and the and the roots were lifting and mm. so um i left i left the business amicably i um uh, ultimately left my relationship i changed cities i changed mm. careers i gave up alcohol and mm -hmm. lost 80 pounds so it was a pretty remarkable transformation i was just listening to your to your last guest who was like 168 pounds yeah. and it's like oh man <laughs> that is unreal yeah uh, yeah no, that's like i truly know what that's yeah what yeah that's about, man. well when you i mean you just rattled off sort of like oh i changed this i changed that i mean those were not you know small things no yeah. <laughs> like each one of those could be an episode or more i guess i'm curious about when you sat down on the you, you sit down on this uh pillow and you say okay you know what am i gonna do how did you know the do how what led you to that being the question and then once that was the answer did it point to anything else like a lot of times as you know we you know i think of things in terms of who you are where you are where you want to go mm -hmm. and i guess i'm wondering which of those or were you know obviously where you are is where you are but were the who you are and the where you want to go both out of line did you feel like no this this made sense as a path it just wasn't the right path for me what was your what was sort of underneath or behind that understanding that it's time to get out of the business I don't know that it was all that sophisticated. I mean, in, in the end, I had already been exploring with one of the business partners kind of what a departure would look like. Mm -hmm. But it was, I continued to wrestle with the should I, shouldn't I? And I didn't have a clear idea of what the next step was going to look like. Mm. I felt like... I needed to take the first step mm -hmm. and then clarity would come. And I've described it as, you know, uh, taking a step and that the stone lifts to meet my foot mm. as opposed to seeing the stone there before mm -hmm. me. But I really just um, believing that what needs to happen next will happen next. And ultimately there was a certain amount of how long of a transition would there be from the business to me departing and you know, what would, mm -hmm. what would all of that look like? So yeah. there were still many pieces to put together, but thinking that you're going to have a full plan mm. is really like waiting to get it to do yes. something until yes. you've got all the pieces together. Yes. 
ain't gonna happen i'm gonna yeah. tell you that right now yeah um and i you know i don't have children i uh wasn't married like there, you know there was a lot of circumstances in my life that mm-hmm. other people don't have they have a house sure. they have a this or that so uh some of those things were easier to extract yeah. or pull apart or you know. and, and it's interesting even when the whole plan is laid out i think it's really important to understand that it's it's a proposed route <laughs> to where you're 100%. going right and yeah. you'll run into detours you'll run so you know whether you sort of put those steps there to have some understanding or yeah i think that flexibility is so important now you've mentioned your your time in theater school and that sounded that sounded very familiar of you know we drink to celebrate we drink to console we drink to ce- you know um definitely sounds familiar I, and i think we talked at some point that i i, I was a bartender and I remember mm-hmm. that the guy who was the uh, bar owner, I think they just, they, I think there's a little bit of me being a bit of a mascot, like all these grizzled guys in this, you know, this Yale student. Hey guys. So I think they, they, they like that. And I remember him saying to me, this business is never dull because exactly what you said, people come in when they're happy and people come in where they're sad. So they're old, but what they always do is come in. And, um, that has stuck with me over the years and sort of the truth of that. I guess with that said and understanding that that's a time in life when we might be doing such things, it sounds like the, the, the it sounds like the celebration and or the, the consolation got out of hand. Was that something that played into your decision to move on from the other thing or did it not get out of hand and you just decided I'm making a new move and that's part of it? How, how did that, you mean specifically in terms of alcohol or yeah yeah. Yeah, specifically that piece um yeah i would say that alcohol uh, had control of me as opposed to me having control of alcohol Mm -hmm. the part of that that's the big lie is that it's designed that way Hmm. it's designed to i mean it is a carcinogen right Mm. it's a legalized carcinogen so it is meant to over time take over Mm. and so there is a there is a yeah it, it it's it's challenging because so many people that i talk to when they like so how did you decide um, and they sort of sidle up to you and, and mm-hmm. ask you that question. Um, it's like, when did you know? Like, how much is too much? Mm-hmm. And if you're asking yourself those questions, you're probably already there. Mm. Um, if you're doing dry January and sober October and whatever else they are, right. um, on a on an annual basis or or always sort of feeling like, you know, my thing was like, I yeah, I did dry January and then like burn down February, you know, it's like, ah, <laughs> make up for lost time sort right, of thing. Right, and right. Uh, we're free. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it, there's a belief that you have to be down and out, lost everything. Right. Running your car into a tree. Mm hmm before it's really a problem. 
Mm. And there's lots of nuances well before that. Yeah. And I meet more and more people who don't have to get to that point before they say, okay, like enough. Yeah. And um, it's becoming easier, I think, to, to embrace that. So in my case, yeah, I was waking up too many times in the middle of the night and my partner had tried to wake me and finally just went to bed, left Mm. me on the sofa or, um, you know, really waking up well before, uh, or waking up with a, you know, horrific hangover or, uh, you know, on weekdays, um, and, or, you know, starting to have a beverage maybe before the the end of the school day kind of, Mm. kind of thing. You know, that those kinds of things that just were happening a little too often. Yeah. And, um, and really finding myself, you know, coming home and, you know, immediately going to the fridge or going to the wine cellar or going wherever to mm-hmm. just, this was the, the way to, to deal with, with stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I gotcha. I, I, it's interesting. I, well, I'll I'll share it this way. You'll let me know if it's interesting. No, but um, <laughs> it, I I remember I was in therapy at one point. There's a, a couple uh, you know, blocks of therapy ago, and I remember saying, okay, so when the depression's gone, what takes its place? Yeah. Right. And I just remember like in a kind of practical way, just going like, all right, like we're moving this thing out. Like, is it just going to be a vacuum? And that's something I've I've thought more about my asking that question over the years than I have necessarily about the answer to it, because I'm not sure that it's fully answerable. But I guess I'm wondering in your experience of saying, okay, I'm removing alcohol from my life or I'm changing my relationship with alcohol. Was there, was there a sense of like, oh, but now I walk in the door and what do I do? Or did you feel like, no, you just sort of went, you were able to sort of move into a different way of existing in your world? Was there a sense of loss around it? I guess is a question I have. There's, there's, there still is to a degree. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll go with a friend to a, a bar or they'll sit next to me and, and, you know, I can smell the mm-hmm. rum or I can smell the, you know, whatever it is. And there is mm-hmm. a sense of, or, you know, a nice full bodied glass of red. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I mean, it's still triggering, but not enough. Mm to to do anything about it mm-hmm. so i i and and not everybody you know believes in oh well if you're if you're no longer drinking then near beers are an option for me mm-hmm. for me they are there's mm-hmm. enough of a and they and they taste much better than they used to yeah. um <laughs> they actually taste like something as opposed to Oh God, what is that? What is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I will drink a, a, a near beer just so I can have a frosty mm-hmm. glass and a, and a drink in the summertime. But it, it's not like, oh great, let's have a dozen. <laughs> You're just like, mm-hmm. okay, one's fine. Yeah. 
and then you're um, doing yeah and more and more bartenders or bars will have if you ask for a cocktail you'll you know get some sort of fancy cocktail so that is kind of just the fitting in piece mm-hmm. but walking through the door and saying i don't run to the fridge and say okay i'm going to have a near beer uh a friend of mine who is a recovering alcoholic said to me what happens is that that dependency gets replaced with something else and so as addicts or alcoholics or what have you somebody who's Mm -hmm. dealing with trauma and you Mm -hmm. are trying to self-medicate through you know by using alcohol you it's like having four garbage or five garbage cans and four lids you're constantly Mm -hmm. still trying to manage that feeling and that Mm -hmm. lack Mm -hmm. through something yeah so i definitely uh go through sort of let's say manic but but certainly working too too Mm -hmm. much or you know kind of just Mm-hmm. doing sort of things obsessively got you um and and certainly the sugar uh, like in the oh, last really? in last year has just been like oh god now i gotta deal <laughs> with sugar uh so because you haven't really dealt with what the underlying right issue is right so you still have that need to soothe and yeah satisfy and Mm -hmm. punish and Mm -hmm. you know whatever Mm -hmm. through something so some people do it with exercise some people oh god i wish i did it with exercise um (laughs) people do it with uh with with work as i say or any other uh of those kinds of cleaning or you know whatever Mm -hmm. it is um Mm -hmm. so it just an awareness around okay what's this behavior and yeah, I could feel myself needing to be soothed. Right. And the problem is your you your brain turns off around that mechanical eating or that mechanical whatever mm-hmm. it is. Or just jamming your schedule full so that you don't have time to think. Stop. That's right. Yeah. You don't yep. have time to feel, you don't have time to think. And so yeah. 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 I um Yes, that that definitely resonates with me. And and coming out of the holiday specifically, um, end of the year, pretty exhausted, like wiped out, exhausted. And it was fascinating to me that the recuperating over the holidays and getting some rest, it wasn't all fun. And mm. it sort of like there was there was room to there'd been enough going on that I had to put out fires that I didn't really have to stop and deal with each of the things that piled up and then suddenly over those two weeks it was like yeah no now there's time and so it's happening um so i I definitely hear you on that so you pack your life to the point where you can't manage that it feels like so much of that is around control the way you're describing it my (laughs) right um yeah yeah i used to i used to do it i used to do a joke on stage where i said my therapist you know i uh 
asked me, you know, if I thought that maybe I was controlling and I said, well, we've only got 15 minutes left. I don't think we have time to discuss that. (laughs) 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 So, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, so much is like, yeah, you know, and I, I can eat it if I want, I can drink it if I want, I can, you know, how much of this, of this time in this process has allowed you to to think about control and to work on control or is it no this is what i'm doing now is i've I'm sort of like i found a healthy healthier or healthy way to express the the desire to sort of like control the surroundings and have control or is there a more letting go that's happened as you're leaning into this new phase i think there's still lots of work to do mm-hmm. um because I think I've, I'm just in a process of replacing one thing with another. I don't Mm. think, um, you know, the great Canadian, uh, psychiatrist, Dr. Gabor Mate, who talks about trauma, what, where's the, what's the trauma, um, Mm -hmm. and where's the pain. Right. Mm -hmm. And so whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're, trying to control everything and pin everything down and Mm -hmm. control other people's lives or control your environment or whatever it is Mm -hmm. um or eating eating chocolate to uh to feel better Mm -hmm. um you know which we which which is a dangerous thing with self-care that sometimes we can uh, kid ourselves that what we're using for self-care is actually a coping mechanism mm-hmm. and hiding the trauma. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, as you're going through your story, at the losing of the 80 pounds for example is this you finding ways to 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 be looking at the trauma for yourself or yeah how how do these pieces that you describe fit together like i said i mean you described it as as dramatic changes and and they really were i mean to be in a relationship to you know the weight how did those how how do those pieces come together in terms of your facing of the trauma or was it just this these changes allowed you to sort of step back and that's to come I think it's, uh, it's a story that's unfinished and, uh, it was a self-created dramatic series of events Mm -hmm. that, um, I mean, I describe it as it's easier to lose the weight than it is to keep it off. It's the maintenance and the, mm-hmm. the the full addressing of an injury or a trauma mm-hmm. that you you know you can work really hard to get back on the field mm-hmm. but if you're still kind of not if if you think that you've that you've arrived right. if you think it's a um and you know an event and then everything is done 
then you're in for some surprises along the way. Yeah. Because you've got to quit alcohol every day. Mm. You've got to you've got to be vigilant around weight loss and you know I'm I'm having some some relapse uh, in that in that area because of the sugar and because of the you know that um, you've got to be conscious and make decisions every day mm-hmm. to continue to be on the track that you're on mm-hmm. or you'll get drawn back into the business you'll get drawn back into the relationship you'll get drawn back into mm-hmm. the friendships and social network that kept you in the world of alcohol right. you'll get drawn back into all of those things you'll 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 go backward mm-hmm. so the forward motion story is like it was on that first day sitting on the meditation cushion where every day you've got to make a decision that takes you toward your future mm-hmm when you when you mentioned that future it's it's interesting that that's where that pointed because i was going to ask that next you, you talk about being on that track i guess i'm curious where that track leads you talked about moving back into acting yeah for you at this point with the changes you've made and moving forward where, where does this track lead do you think for me the most important thing is that i'm living creatively every day Mm -hmm. whether that is writing from from a simple journal journal entry through to working on a self-tape and submitting it or Mm -hmm. um recording uh some voiceover or taking a class that uh helps me to keep my skills sharp um i want to think as an artist i want to work as an artist as much as i can and and really immerse myself in in as many ways as i can in in pursuing it and i'm i'm curious how does that serve you i mean as you say it is obviously something you're doing intentionally how is that serving you in terms of the track and the not going back to some of those other things? Or just like when you write each day or you're creating each day, what are you getting out of that? that that's helping serve you on this journey or fuel you maybe on this journey? A really deep need to express mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm perhaps others you know certainly others work so it's to take all of the things that i was good at in the context of the business and apply that in a creative context so i was always the person who um kind of pointed out the the elephant in the room or the dead bodies or mm-hmm. whatever it was. So using the intuition and insight that I had and using that as a, as a creative person 
and I have a way with words or, uh, yeah. you know, the, these, these kinds of things that people have told me for my whole life. Mm. I like my voice. Um, mm -hmm. So using that. Yeah. It's, if it's a gift, then, and I'm on the other side of the great bell curve of life, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so I have more years behind me than I have ahead of me. Yeah. And so why the hell not? Yeah. Yeah. And as I said, I, you know, I, I'm in moments I feel blessed by not having children and those kinds of things because it gives me the flexibility to be able to make the decisions I, right. I have made, right. you know, life would be very life. And those decisions would have been very difficult, different and, and more difficult for sure. If you had other people depending on you. Sure. 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 And I guess what stories have stood out for you? It sounds like in a I've I'm inspired by the ways in which you've you've decided to to dig into your story and and we've we've talked about that and and we want to talk about it a little more but I'm curious what are the stories that have spoken to you it seems like listening you know in terms of your podcast which I've listened to I told you I was like I'll believe pretty much anything that voice said that was pretty that's pretty <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty impressive um, but yeah, what, what what stories were were grabbing you or were speaking to you that allowed you to say, "Wait a minute, I think this is the this is the area where I need to settle in and pay attention." Uh, there's such a variety, but I think. certainly stories of people who have overcome mm -hmm. things that are out of their control and how they go about it. Mm -hmm. I was just listening to Viola Davis's um, mm. uh, memoir mm -hmm. and it was, it was definitely one where I was like, okay, I have to listen to this she's got mm -hmm. such a fantastic voice yeah and she does such an amazing job sharing her story and i think you know hers as an example count the ways right that she has overcome that she has risen up and taken herself by the hand mm. and come into herself embraced all of those facets of her experience uh, you know of her of her many experiences mm -hmm. and just bloomed into this most incredible woman incredible role model and and uh such an inspiring actor and uh an inspiring person right 
And um, so I just, listening to those stories, I wonder how, how I would possibly live through what she had and be able to keep going. Yeah. Um, and she talks about a few moments where you literally, it's almost a, a crack in the wall that you, you're the only one who can see it. Hmm. And, you know, is it, is it kind of a, a moment with that liminal space between life and death where you feel you've been pushed so far mm-hmm. and you are at your limit. And then suddenly there's that little crack and you make that decision. David Goggins kind of talks mm. in, in terms of, you know, the moment when he stood in front of the mirror right. and sort of called himself forth. Hmm. I haven't seen him talk about that, so I have to go hunt that down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's it's in his it's in his book. Um, okay. And uh, you know, he was working in, as an exterminator, and uh, you know, was tremendously overweight, and mm-hmm. you know, he basically went and stood in front of the mirror and just basically said, like. This is the this is it. This is the end. You know, we've we're we're we are not doing this one more damn day. Mm-hmm. Said it with a little more colorful language. I bet. I <laughs> bet. <laughs> knowing, knowing, knowing a little bit about him, I would bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, another person whose whose book I I read and and listened to and uh, really had a had a huge impact on me. And it was and it was after I had I had made lots of the major changes but it is that that kind of what is that moment what is that moment on the the meditation cushion in my clay my case when you suddenly say that's it and i and i did feel very strongly mm-hmm. that um it, it was it was almost a spiritual experience where you know, you're just, you just feel so alone mm. and <clears throat> your heart, your whole being is crying out for uh, a sign, an answer to, mm. to this question. If you put it powerfully enough, I, I'm not, uh, don't consider myself religious, certainly spiritual, right? but you know, is it God? Is it, right? is it the higher power? Whatever it is. Yeah. I talk in, um, unstuck as fuck my stage show i talk about just a moment i had with you know no spoilers but i I, but i do talk about a moment i had um where the question that came to me and i've shared this publicly before was do you have the courage to let go of who you thought you were going to be so that you can become who you're becoming and i and i feel like though it's not said nearly as concisely as succinctly as your question on the cushion it feels like there was a lot of that there right i mean you were this person in this business in this relationship with a certain physique right all those things and you said i i I, i'm needing to let that go 
um, oftentimes people will ask what advice, if you could go back and talk to that person sitting on that uh, pillow, what advice would you give them? I, I have a slightly different question, which is if you could get to watch the journey you've taken from that that pillow to this moment, what's the most exciting piece of the story for you? What what would you be like, wait till this part? Hmm. I don't know if there was any like super exciting from other people's perspective mm -hmm. moments because you know there is no Pulitzer Prize there isn't a an Academy Award mm -hmm. to to share um or becoming a Navy SEAL or Ranger, right, right, you know, whatever. Right, right, right. Uh, <clears throat> but um, I, I guess one of the key moments was a year after quitting alcohol. Mm. And Yeah, I I think that you know, there's the 30 days, there's 60 days, 6 months, but mm -hmm. I guess a year later to be able to look back mm -hmm. and think about how much had changed. And a year later, mm -hmm. we were in the pandemic. Hmm. And I was so glad mm. that because alcohol sales went through the roof and right. suddenly you were able right. to order Sorry. beer with your wings or your whatever and, and have it to go, uh, which mm -hmm. changed radically in, in Canada. And people were drinking, people were either taking the opportunity and completely going sober because mm -hmm. suddenly they didn't have the same kind of pressures and other people just kind of went the other way which is yeah. like they drank a lot more yeah <clears throat> or at least for for a while so for me it was like wow i'm really glad yeah yeah I'm really glad i'm not grappling with that right now right there at that point yeah yeah i um, would think that would have been a that would have been an even more challenging as you're pointing out space in which it was just such a high stress and i say was i think of it as the lockdown yeah you know, i think those have kind yeah. of become like interchangeable terms yeah, yeah um but one of the thoughts i've had about this whole you know three years as i said to someone it's it's really something when if you would list the worst five years of your life three of them are the last three years um and that's they weren't that's, for me actually uh, yeah, no, no, no. I would just say, like, for me, that was like my experience. I was sort of like, wow, this is crazy. Um, but I'm wondering 
we've all gone through a trauma collectively. Like earlier we were mm-hmm. talking about trauma and we each have had our traumas of one sort or another. I guess I'm wondering, what do you see in our story? Let's say even in, in you know, as people are coming back out and it's like, well, we're getting back to normal life, but we haven't really gotten back to normal life. Nobody really seems to be addressing the fact that like a thing really did happen. <laughs> like, like I sort of feel like everybody's like, oh, should we go back to the office or not? I'm like, go back to the office. Like, we need to just across the globe, around the globe, just train therapists. Like that's the number one priority. Um, yeah, I'm curious where where you see us in our story of of, of dealing collectively with this. Um, yeah, I would say trauma. Uh, I would say we're deeply in denial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I, I, I am seeing a desire to go back to a sort of normal, but there's no going back. Mm-hmm. It's like any sort of hearkening back to the the good old days the bad old days of insert whatever right right right. and trying to reclaim some semblance of uh you know not to hearken back to maga or anything but it's Mm -hmm. you know what generation are you wanting to mm-hmm. make great again was it the mm-hmm. 1950s when you had no rights or mm-hmm. you know uh, when this went on or that went on like i just you kind of go what what memory do you have of history or or what society was actually like about right um so yeah i i don't think that I think our our state of mind is pretty pretty fragile and yet mm-hmm. like I say sort of clawing at wanting things to be different and you know mother nature is pissed mm. so she sent us a message and got mm-hmm. us to all sit down in our right. corners right. for 2 years right with the pand- with the pandemic here's an illness that you could all get and I'll die from. So here's lesson number one. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't listening through mm-hmm. all of that, I'm now going to bring fire and brimstone down on your heads because in the form of storms and unprecedented, you know, we, we haven't put yeah. away the word unprecedented yet, right? right? Because it's the snowstorms, it's the rainstorms, it's the, the hurricanes, it's the, you know, whatever. She's ramping it all up mm-hmm. and we're still busy trying to ignore it. Yeah. yeah. And so our pretending again, mm-hmm. it's the five garbage cans and four lids mm-hmm. kind of thing of, of, you know, and then there's the financial crisis and, 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 you know, this, the, right. so, it's not all bad, but it could be so much better yeah. if we were willing to not spend all of our energy on, we want it to be back 
like like when it was when right and and isn't that you know different brands of loss even in this, in this conversation you talked you, you referenced you know three deaths that sort of as as you were heading into your time to make a change and started like i had i lost a very close uh friend my cousin in january of 2020 and sort of mm. was nowhere near having dealt with that and then came lockdown and you know so that that and and, and i've had some losses lately and i I have learned enough having lost my parents and so on that one of the keys is gonna hurt. <laughs> it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. That's this is how it's gonna be. But that finding the new way things are and 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 sort of moving into that as opposed to the reaching back is is truly I have found truly a part of it going from pain to suffering to get a little new agey right like pain is inevitable inevitable but we choose the suffering it feels to me like that reaching back whether it's us and you know for a while i would pick up the phone as if i was going to call my mother and it was like oh no you're a doctor <laughs> like wow wow and uh but the more i could say no that is a fact and you know if you want to sort of speak into the sky and think whatever you think that's fine but it's a new day that helped me in the process and i wonder if some of america's traumas specifically but even more broadly in the world if part of why they persist is our insistence but we didn't want it to be that way or we don't want to see it that way right is and i'm i'm wondering yeah if you have any reaction to that and i did have another question i guess but yeah just it feels like that settling into the new situation and as what is, is so key in this process. We just really hate change. I mean, it's, it's f so frightening. Mm -hmm. Human beings, uh, where we were designed to be driven by fear and, mm -hmm. and protect ourselves through fear but the whole fear of change gravitating towards certainty that kind of whole dynamic is um is one of the reasons i think it's so hard for us to move forward when something happens it's like but we we always used to do christmas this way or we always used to mm -hmm. or mama used to always make this or you mm -hmm. know uncle bob or whatever and it's like okay but that's not there anymore and it's over yep it's a new so it's the the clamoring for what was mm -hmm. and yet also yeah, but Uncle Bob was also drunk all the time or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm, it's it's the kind mm -hmm. of re revisioning yes. what yes. what was as well. Is it like, yeah, it was great in some areas and it was also not so great in others. Yeah. And, you know, I lost uh uh our our grandmother, our my my family lost our grandmother in uh, February last year. Mm -hmm. And, and that was really hard, mm -hmm. but I was so glad that she finally went mm -hmm. well, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. 
she wasn't the person that I wanted to remember. Mm. There was so much of her that had, wasn't kind of there anymore, you know, and it was, it was letting go of the physical vessel Mm -hmm. that she filled. And I really wanted to, to hang on to the memories that I have of her as opposed to watching her deteriorate and, and be sad a lot of the time or, you know, uncomfortable or confused Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. Right. That distance between being alive and living. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so in some way wanting her to hang on because I'm not ready to let it, let go of her, you know, uh, you know, it was hard Mm -hmm. and it is, it is hard, but it's harder for me to think like, God, Mm. Had she gone three years before, I would have been not happy, mm-hmm. but I would have been okay. Mm-hmm. It would have been okay if she went earlier in my mind. But anyway, this is this is maybe an an unorthodox question, but it's an unorthodox podcast, so let's see what happens. But I'm, I'm, what's a memory of her pre-struggle, pre-decline? That when you think of like that's my grandmother. That's what I'm going to carry on from here. Not the three years that, you know, maybe I could have done without. And it's funny because I'm, I'm, I'm hearkening back, right? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing exactly what, uh, what I was speaking about, which is remembering. And I, I wrote this, wrote this story, um, about a month ago or two months ago, which was remembering when we used to do sleigh rides, she she would organize this and my mom's immediate family, her brothers and sisters and their kids would, would all get together and they, we, we would do this sleigh ride and, and uh, you know, the classic Clydesdales with the bells and- the, Oh, wow this you know the big sleigh sleigh and stuff and there was these bales of hay on the the sled and uh you know we would all be completely bundled up or whatever and there'd be mm-hmm. two or three feet of snow and uh, you'd hear the big Clydesdales coming down the country road and come into my grandparents uh farm and and into the driveway and they would you know just be thundering right i mean you just hear the the mm-hmm. weight of these these beautiful horses and and come through the the driveway and and circle around and we would all run out and jimmy was his name who was was driving the sleigh and uh grandma would climb up and she'd sit on a a, a bale of hay right next to jimmy and she would just sit and watch and she would laugh because uh as kids we would get pushed off the sleigh and we'd fall and jimmy would you know wait until we were almost caught up with the sleigh and then he would you know push the horses ahead and you know they would take off and you'd be like you'd either fall in your face or you'd you know miss (laughs) the sleigh or whatever somebody Mm -hmm. else would push you and you'd have to keep running and 
Um, so they were just these amazing memories. And I remember she would just sit and laugh and, and, you know, sort of giggle and, you know, shake mm-hmm. her shoulders because she would, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, so just a lot of different kinds of memories of her teaching me how to make her re- uh, brownie recipe or right, right, right. The, these, these sorts of things and, and playing cards with her and just different things uh that different times in my life that she was that she was present and you know the garden and and all the all the many things that she brought in that she passed on to all of us nice yeah um that's really lovely and i guess maybe as a final question you know we've talked about you know the looking back the looking forward the changes you've made Mm-hmm. As you look, if if this were uh, page page one, you know, chapter one of the the next in the in the Linda series, um, what do you envision in terms of the story you're telling, the change you're making, whether for yourself or for others? What do you what what's the story you'd like to be telling through your twenty twenty three and 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 beyond, really? I think we pick up the story and it continues on and deepens, evolves just in relation to uh, having a creative life, hopefully a creative career mm-hmm. that um, that I wish to explore and being more self-sustaining, I guess, mm. through that. Um, so yeah, just using my many different sort of creative outlets and, and figuring out which ones will allow me to create a life. I love that. I love that. Well, I thank you so much. It was a great conversation. I, I liked deciding we didn't know where it was going to go we'll see where it was going to go and yeah. i don't think we, i don't think we could have i don't think we could have picked this but i really love how it unfolded and uh you know i just think the world of you i can't wait to read your book i know that's coming i'm very excited and uh yeah great uh really really great having this chance to talk to you and learn a little bit more about you myself absolutely thank you so much orlando it's been it's been a real pr- privilege to have this conversation and uh you've made me think about some things that I'm going to have to continue to think about for a while. So that's always great. I love that. Big hug. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, y'all. Y'all know what time it is. It's time to walk the line. I keep thinking about that conversation with Linda and how she described that that visual of taking the next step in the in the stone rising to meet her foot and i was thinking about how often we can't see the path and we allow that to stop us and we just can't do that so i don't know where you need to take a step today this week this month this year but that's our walk the line i'm gonna take mine I got this podcast episode out. It took a little bit of lifting, but I wanted to get back on track and on schedule with y'all. What step will you take to make that difference, to move forward, even if you can't see the destination as clearly as you might like? All right, 
I'm inviting you to come through WeAlign. WeAlign.alignp.com. Check us out. Having conversations. We're going to be having our conference the 20th to the 22nd. So I want folks to come through, see what we're doing. We're going to be working together in community, defining the line to get to the places we want to go. Check us out on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, where you are, we are. So come say hello. All right now. And as always, we gonna get unstuck. We gonna be unstuck. We gonna live unstuck. Unstuck. Unstuck.